Welcome, everybody. I'm happy to be talking to you from my new digs here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. My moving truck was barely emptied just as the governor shut down the state. I had no time to explore my surroundings or barely get any groceries. But we're here and all is well. Or should I say so far so good? I'm excited about season two that seemed to have kicked off early as one of my episodes escaped the queue. I bet you were happy to find out EJ was still alive. And now on with the story already, right? My name is Carly Bond, and this is Book One, Tales of Eldalorn. Chapter 14, Fiona's Lament. The ride to Velivar was a long journey that took Fiona halfway across the kingdom of Angeli. She connected with a family that was traveling to the tiny settlement of Kamloo. That was just one day's ride south of her destination. Fiona was glad for the company and the safety of herself and her pony while out on the road. When her beautiful braids came apart, Fiona felt a pang of sadness in her heart. But on the bright side, her loose curly hair hid her ears. Humans regarded her as one of their own, and she didn't have to wear her hat as much. Velavar was a small fishing village along the icy cold ocean. The place had become a human settlement, and there were no elves to be found. The people there were merchants, hunters, and fishers by trade. Fiona asked around, but many of the people didn't even know what an elf was. She wasn't going to waste her time in frustration, so she decided to search the surrounding woodlands for herself. Fiona thought maybe some elves were living secret lives among the trees but she really had no clue. It seems the whole long trip out here was for nothing. A cool wind blew off the ocean, drying a tear forming in Fiona's eye as she surveyed her surroundings. Despite the chill, it was sunny most of the time. Cliffs of yellow soil loomed across the east to the southern edge of the municipality. The sandy beaches defined the northern shore of the town. Fiona fought back melancholy from thoughts that so much was lost to the generations of humankind. Now she understood what Ejlum was trying to say about remembering history, having lived through it, and the elven viewpoint of the certainty of another day. How humans live with such short lives, Fiona could not fathom. She had lived among the wizards that were also immortal as she. Not much changed in her lengthy, predictable life, until Ejlum... She suddenly realized he had invaded her thoughts again. Fiona shook her head, 
unsuccessfully trying to get him out of her mind. The huge sign for the Banjul High Offer Inn hung above the door as wide as the front of the place. It was not much more than a two-story shed squeezed between a saloon and another sprawling, bare-walled roof. It looked like it had been tacked together and somehow was miraculously still standing. Fiona guessed the open space was where the daily market must take place. The ragtag mess made up the whole of Velivar's main street. The rest of the village consisted of small shacks that were crowded around narrow paths. The whole town seemed like it had been through too many generations that did not remember how their ancestors had built or maintained their homes. Well, Fiona, she said to herself, You cannot get much farther out than this. Fiona paid the innkeeper. It is nice to have a real bed rather than sleeping under my pony on the ground. I should be thankful, she snorted to herself, feeling uneasy about the many faces of strangers who were going about their business. Fiona suddenly felt far from home and a chill caught in her spine. Fiona's first day in the forest, she discovered how the yellow cliffs got in the way everywhere. She had to turn back many times because the pony just could not make it through the terrain. Darkness cut short her explorations, and she returned to the inn. The next day, she decided to go on foot using her staff as a walking stick. Fiona was not used to this kind of terrain either. She was surprised at how fast her legs carried her over dead tree falls and rocks. She was moving at a quick pace when she tripped over something on the forest floor. Fiona went crashing down on her face, red hair flying, eyes wide, arms flailing. You should roll, she heard a man's voice shout at her as she thudded painfully down on her chest. Looking around, still dizzy from the fall, she saw no one. "'You should also carry a weapon out here,' the voice said. "'Are you my instructor, then?' she shouted sarcastically to the trees. "'Idiot! Does he not know what a staff is for?' she groused to herself. She was straining to see where the voice came from while trying to stand up. "'Look out!' she ducked. Another man came flying over the trap, only this one did dodge roll in one smooth motion and then continued running. "'Who are you? What have I fallen into?' Fiona demanded, still trying to figure out where the voice had originated. The man was already behind her, pulling her aside. Just in time, too, as the next human came running through the opening in the woods. With one smooth rollover, He kept going. 
It is a race. My recruits are training for the guard. The man's voice was quieter now, almost whispering. Fiona found herself hunched down on a bench next to the man in a concealed blind. Oh, Fiona said, relieved they were not bandits or worse. I am Commander Rovash. You have found your way into the Royal Velivar Guard Training Post. You were moving at an impressive rate before you fell. You might consider joining our ranks. We could use fast runners. I am a wizard, Fiona said, not thinking, as if being a wizard made her exempt from running. He turned and looked at her more closely in the cramped space they shared. Fiona's face was obscured by her hair as she half turned away, suddenly distracted by a man who just flipped on his face in front of them. Roll, Commander Rovash growled, planting his hand over his face. He shook his head at the disgrace of such a blunder. Yes, sir, the young man howled as he straightened himself up and scrambled off again. Wizards are men, he said finishing the conversation in a frustrated voice, as if he was the final word on the subject. This one is not, Fiona said, distracted by the runners as they clambered past. The sudden feeling like she'd had this conversation before swept over Fiona, but she shook it off. More recruits ran by together. One fell as another laughed and quickly rolled over the trap. Shouting jibes at each other, they just ran away together. That will be the last of them, Rovash said in his most formal tone. We should clear out before the night comes. The woods are dangerous after dark. Fiona shuddered at his words. Is he? she asked, feeling nervous at the thought of ever seeing one. No, they have long been extinguished from this place. Smaller wild ogres are still here in numbers, though, and they can become troublesome. He looked at her puzzled. How is it you know of Heisey? Rovash had spent most of his earlier life battling those monsters. They killed everyone in my village, she answered him. What? He was confused now. It was a long time ago. Fiona said, trying to match his loudness. Yes, his voice rose to an even louder pitch. It would have been as the last Heisey were driven underground over 118 years ago. Now he really looked confused at her. He grabbed for her hair with a gloved hand and flipped it back. You are Elder Hiss. He was shocked, seeing her ear. Yes, Am I the only one, or do you know of others? She demanded. Her eyes flashed angrily at him for being so brash with her. Female wizard elf. Most unusual. Rovash glared at her thoughtfully, and then loudly suggested, Follow me, as he turned to get up and lead the way. Commander Rovash was accustomed to ordering men around, so his request came out sounding more brusque than he meant. 
No, Fiona became suddenly defiant, planting her hands on her hips, frowning at him. He narrowed his eyes, frustrated with her tone. He turned back around to look at her. They met glaring at each other eye to eye. Rovash was not going to leave a woman there alone in the woods, or worse yet, linger arguing in the dark. So he rose up from his sitting spot, quickly scooping Fiona under his arm in one smooth motion. Fiona's staff flew out of her hand in surprise as she struggled, pounding a fist at his arm. Rovash ignored her complaining as he ran swiftly to the safety of the fort. She hardly knew what was happening as she sputtered and found there was no use fighting his firm, unrelenting grip. Suddenly, they were in a clearing inside a walled fortress. Commander Rovash released her before she could yell at him again in protest. When Fiona's feet touched the ground, she realized his full height. She felt tiny as she stood, looking up in stunned amazement. How he was so small, hiding in the brush next to her, she would never know. She gasped at the sight of this dark giant of a man. Commander Rovash had thick braided hair that hung loose on both sides of his face. He had a shadow of a beard that followed the line of his jaw, and Fiona could see the absolute respect the other men gave him. The air shook around her in the concussion of his loud commanding voice, and she couldn't help but cringe. The commander yelled something about the test and released his line of recruits to their supper before turning back to Fiona. Follow me now, my lady. His tone was forcefully polite. Rovash slightly bowed, or more like hovered menacingly. The commander's striking blue eyes riveted on her as he pointed his hand towards a nearby building. Fiona thought better of being swept up again, so she walked resolutely to the door across the yard in front of them. Either by her being so strong-willed, or maybe by a bit of naivety, Fiona had no idea what to fear. Rovash watched through speculative eyes as she sat down in one of two chairs in front of the large, heavy wooden table that was his desk. The commander's mind seemed fixed on something, he might say, but did not. Instead, he stalked back and forth behind the barrier between them. Fiona decided to trust the commander 
since he was the only one she'd met so far that even knew what Edelin were. So she broke the silence with, My name is Fiona. I was born here 608 years ago. I mean, in Velivar. She felt strangely awkward. A wizard fostered me in Drustenlag. That's the capital city, but you already know that. My travels took me far to the west and south. She looked up to see if he was paying attention, and he was just staring at her thoughtfully. Are there any others here? Edelin, I mean. I must know. I need to learn the fate of my clan. Fiona surveyed the massive stacks of papers in front of her, glad they were there between them. No, my lady. As far as I know, there are none of your clan. I am the only one here. Fiona looked up startled. But you cannot... Her voice cut short at seeing he had untied his hair and was pulling it back into a single ponytail, his ears now clearly visible. "'You have hair on your face,' she said, looking puzzled. "'I am half-human, Darjalin to be exact.' He eyed her sharply as he sat down into the creaking chair that seemed to rock back dangerously under his weight." Fiona noticed the eyebrow over his left eye lifted at an angle higher than the other, in an expression of permanent scrutiny. She wondered if that was a Darjilian thing. Commander Rovash was nothing like she expected an elf to be, except for the ears. "'Are there any elves left in the kingdom?' she looked at him thoughtfully. "'I'm sorry to say not many, milady." he answered politely. I think the Autumnwood Forest and possibly Etten Falls may hold the last settlements of Edelin, and they are well hidden from humans by magics. So elves do know magic, Fiona asked, but was not expecting an answer. Yes, there is, or at least always has been magic in the kingdoms, "'You know not of your own kind?' he asked. "'But it was more of a statement in his mind "'as he looked puzzled at her again. "'She didn't answer. "'Commander Rovash leaned forward across the desk. "'He tried not to sound like he was giving an order,' But he had to press the point for her safety. Fiona seemed to him to be naturally obstinate to any suggestion, even if it was for her own good. You will have to stay here until daylight, he informed her flatly. The forest is too dangerous in the dark. He cocked his head expectantly. Milady. "'Where is my bed, then?' Fiona said belligerently, staring straight back into his eyes. Not acknowledging his menacing stance, Fiona stood up herself, and almost forehead to forehead, she added, "'And tomorrow you will help me retrieve my staff that was so carelessly left behind in the woods.' 
Yes. Rovash hissed slowly as his eyes narrowed at her. He wanted this to be the end of the discussion. She just stared back, frowning. He was relieved that she was not going to fight him on this. Ensign, he growled at the door, keeping one eye on his guest as they both plopped down in their chairs at the same time. Fiona nearly jumped out of her skin as a young man came bursting through the door towards the commander and stomped to attention in front of them. Show this young woman some private quarters. She is our guest tonight. Also show the lady where to get something to eat in a washroom. You know what to do. With all courtesy, he ordered as he made a pointing motion with his hand, signaling to his subordinate that the commander was done discussing anything further, and he wanted this female quickly out of his sight. Yes, sir, the soldier saluted. With a big disarming smile, he ushered Fiona away to a separate building outside, where visiting dignitaries were usually quartered. Time was not Rovash's friend. He turned into even a bigger jerk after being around humans for so long. And Fiona found Edelin, but not in the way that she expected. Isn't that the way it goes? Different isn't always a bad thing. It's just different. Hmm, I wonder where that leaves us now. Come back next week, same time, same channel, for another episode of Tales of Eldalorn. Elvish Lesson of the Day Imarnin, Imardin. That's like saying, My castle is your castle. Mi castillo es tu castillo. My home is your home. Imarnin, Imardin. Yeah, you gotta roll your R's. Imarnin, Imardin. Stay safe, everybody. See you next week.
swimming in the Caribbean. Animals hiding behind the rocks, yeah. Except the little fish, Billy told me swish, trying to talk to me, koi koi. Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Way out in the water, see it swimming. With your feet in the air and your head on the ground, try this trick and spin it. Yeah, your head will collapse 'cause there's nothing in it. And you ask yourself, where is my mind? Where is my mind? Where is my Is my.